privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun. And everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. Lucky Land Slots, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. everybody <laughs> we are here with rebecca reinhardt how are you doing i'm good <laughs> we're very happy to have you on 
Definitely, okay. definitely. Well, I'm glad to be here. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, today, um, our episode is all about you. <laughs> and we will also be reviewing a newer movie that just came out. I believe it was released last year, right? Yeah, I think it was 2021. Or was it 2021 well, or 2020? It was 2020, late 2020, technically. So a lot of people, a lot of the podcasting people are like, no, no, that's a 2020 movie. But most of us didn't get to see it till 2021. <laughs> and that movie is called Promising Young Woman. <laughs> this is definitely an entertaining watch. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, um, Rebecca, let's uh, start off, you know, with some questions. Uh, what are you what are you into right now? What's uh, what are you working on? Um, I am always working on something. Um, <laughs> so uh, right now, my biggest thing is I am directing my second movie called Tin Roof. We're doing that this summer here in Indiana. Um, and it's going to, it's really exciting. It's all starting to come together. We were originally going to film in fall of last year. And then, uh, my writer and assistant director had to go away for several months to do some filming of his own. Um, so we, uh, moved it to the summer. Um, and we've had a few location shifts, a few cast changes the general issues that everybody's having with COVID and just getting the world back going, but we are going full force now and we are ready for June. Well, we will be ready for June. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I am crossing my fingers that everything goes smoothly. Cause I've, yeah. the, this COVID stuff is, is not fun postponing everything. No. And Kate and I just went through one of those. Uh, yep. We both were, <laughs> We're basically getting ready to get on a plane for a movie called Hellfire in mm -hmm. Texas. And uh, right before um, some people tested positive for COVID. So now hopefully we're doing it this summer. So <laughs> I'll be with Crossing you guys. My fingers. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. No, this. Uh, yeah. I, I hate what COVID is doing to everybody right now, but uh, hopefully it'll, you know, get better soon. We can only hope. Right. Awesome fingers, man. <laughs> cool. Well, um, what is uh, what's your second feature about uh, specifically? Um, so yeah, the synopsis. Uh, we filmed the embalmers in September of 2021. Um, yes, we made a movie during the pandemic. No one got sick. Uh, we managed. To, we we started our crowdfunder two days before the world shut down. So. Wow. I'm pretty good now about like, you know, making things work. <laughs> um, but like a mere hours after we had wrapped, uh, I was sitting here with Rob Mello and we were, you know, we were kind of drinking and celebrating. He's like, okay, so what's next? And I'm like, uh, finishing this one. <laughs> uh, and I was like, okay, no, okay. I hadn't even thought about it. And I was like, okay, if I'm going to do another movie, 
it's going to be a camp slasher. I am a 1980s camp slasher fanatic. I'm sitting here in my Friday the 13th part two shirt with my Jason I was mug. Just, uh, I saw your Jason mug. Yeah, my Jason mug. Like, I'm a total dork. I even, I'm even sitting here with my NES Jason blanket that you can't really see. Amazing. That's awesome. Um, but I have two provisors. Now, one, I cannot tell you because it's kind of a spoiler. But the other one, I said, you know, I'm sick of seeing kids who are like in their late teens early 20s you know renting the cabin for the weekend you know dad's paying for the trip blah 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 i'm like that was totally fine when i was like 25 but you know what? i'm 45 now like i want to see people that i can relate to in the movies that i love mm -hmm. and so we are doing it it's a camp slasher with a twist it's about four adults who grew up going to the summer camp. They became counselors as they got older. And now there's been some strange things happening at the camp and the camp is closing. And so they, along with one of their, their fifth wheel, their, uh, one of the, the new guys, the boyfriend, they go to the camp to try to do some videos for basically for like a Indiegogo, GoFundMe or whatever, to try to save the camp. Um, but needless to say, they get into the same mischief and mayhem that the kids get into but you know with adult kind of problems that was my exact thing i said i wanted people with mortgages and kids and problems like me you know <laughs> so so hopefully this is going to be a nice twist uh relatable people rob wrote it he sat on one end of the kitchen table writing this movie while i sat on the other end editing the embalmers um so we had like this straight month we called it our bohemian vacation it's like that's all we did was like did movie stuff you know like creativity you know um but we did a lot of back and forth dialogue um that was one thing that i really wanted was three-dimensional characters that you actually like knew something about cared about and that when they talked you weren't like Right. <laughs> <Very true>. like, <laughs> like, they can have their flaws and foibles, but man, <laughs> I'm really sick of listening to like kids going, oh my God, did you see what they just tweeted? Like, I, I'm just sick of it, you know, because I'm just too old for it. So. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> yeah. And that's what indie yeah. horror is about. Mm -hmm. To me, that's, I've always been drawn to low budget um horror even when i was younger like and didn't even realize it uh then i look back and i'm like wow i was watching a lot of shot on video stuff like stuff that was like being made by 20 year olds for five thousand dollars when i was mm -hmm. a kid and that's what i related to and i liked and i think that's a lot with indie horror that those of us who are in it we look normal like we're normal people like mm -hmm. nobody is you know it's not like everybody is like jessica beal bronzed and you know <laughs> yeah and like perfect makeup you know just spritzy you know spritzy now we're all doing sweat. our own yeah, yeah. We're all, yes and we actually are sweating and chances are we are bleeding too i mean yes <laughs> yep the blood is real is real we don't get to go to the trailer and get a perrier handed to us <laughs> like we have to deal with the misery so yeah but that's i mean that's what i can appreciate about indie you know filming too you know you experience it you don't just act in it you experience every single part of it 
I love 100%. it. 100%. Yes. And I have never, there's only been one time that I kind of pulled the, I'm the talent card. I didn't really pull the card, but uh, it was a movie, Carousel II. Um, I played a an immortal Nazi who was chasing after a sentient unicorn. Um, <laughs> but I was wearing like leather leggings, high heels, a pleather jacket and a wig and like the pinkest eyeshadow and like biggest eyelashes and stuff. Normally I would get in, jump in, like when we're moving stuff around or whatever. But I was like, that was the only set where I was like, guys, I just can't. But every other <laughs> set, like there's no way that this is going to be doing that. But every other set, you know, you, you kind of pitch in like, Hey, mm -hmm. you know, does somebody need help making lunch? Hey, do you, you know, I mean, when I was directing to the embalmers, I was taking out the trash, you know, mm -hmm. like you get to do a lot of different things. Some are menial tasks like that, but some things are like, you get to experience different roles within making a movie instead of just being like shoehorned in as just the talent. Yeah. Yep. 100%. It makes me appreciate filmmaking so much more. So, it. so getting on that, like what I know this is, you've probably answered this question like 5 million times, but what is your actual, like, what is your favorite, favorite part of filmmaking, whether that be directing or acting or anything of the sort, or even the smaller stuff as well? Like, what is your absolute favorite part about it? Um, from a practical standpoint, I really like I really do like producing and promoting and doing like more of the business type stuff. Mm -hmm. Strange as that sounds, I'm definitely like, I'm like type A, I'm a spreadsheet kind of girl. <laughs> so like right now I'm doing scheduling, which I said the other day is like doing a gigantic 3D puzzle where the pieces change every time you try to put yeah. them together. Um, you know, I'm just a very analytical person from a more, I don't know nebulous sort of uh perspective um this is the stuff that i grew up on this is the stuff that i loved um and i get to be a part of it like mm -hmm. it, that's i three years ago um well yeah well maybe almost four i never would have thought that i would even be able to watch a movie and know anybody who was in it let alone be the person who's on the thumbnail on amazon prime mm -hmm. you know it's not like it's a huge deal but like it is to me because I grew up watching all these people. Like I grew up watching like Tim Ritter and Donald Farmer, Todd Sheets. And now like I'm working with these people. They're like my friends and my colleagues. And it's just kind of surreal. Um, you know, and I kind of, I've gotten over the fangirl stuff. Uh, the first time I ever interviewed Tim Ritter, I was a little fangirly, but, uh, I've gotten over it because now I realize like, you know, we're all just, we're all kind of doing the same thing. Like we mm -hmm. all are just in it to make movies and, um, no one is in it for money. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, you know what? My boyfriend is the only person that I know who makes a living from acting. <laughs> um, yeah. nobody, I don't know anybody else who does. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. in this industry, it's uh, next to impossible. Yeah, <laughs> it would be wonderful, you know, if we could. Yeah, yeah. Right. but it, it's unrealistic. Yeah. One, one myth broken right there, you guys. We all have day jobs. Yep. Even yep. the name directors in the independent film, they all have day, day jobs. jobs yeah, 100%. Yep. They may be producing commercials for hospitals or something, but, you know, might be film adjacent, but it's still a day job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you had 
enough um if you had enough funding to film wherever you wanted where would your dream location be to film um just my selfish thing is i would love to film at camp crystal lake um i've actually been there um got to spend 13 hours there um <laughs> and it was just it i mean it looks exactly like it did uh for the first movie it's i mean it's amazing like they've really like kept it um, um they've kept it up but it's it's kind of like this circular thing where the boy scouts let the tours go on and the tours give all their money to the boy scouts and so the camp stays nice stays up to date Ooh, you know fans really get cool. to experience it yeah it's a nice like it's yeah. a nice symbiotic relationship um the thing is though i mean that's just me like you know being selfish i would i don't know what i would do like i can't make anything that would be cool <laughs> as cool mm -hmm. as friday the 13th or anything um but i think if i had the money i could film anywhere i would just like to be able to choose my locations um so when you write something um, or you read a script, I mean, you have these these ideas in your mind and you see all these things and you see the way that they look. And then you have your meager pot of money and then you go look to see, well, it's not going to be quite like this, but Joe down the road does have something that's kind of like that. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can dress it up a little bit. Like there's just so much of that going on. I'd love to be able to say, I want a castle. Like, <laughs> like I think the mom right. had that not that long ago. They're like, we need a film in a castle, you know, and everybody's like, here are a bunch of castles you can rent. You know, I would love to be able to do that. <laughs> I mean, I think money's always an issue mm. unless you're like, you know, Michael Bay and you're like, you know, somebody, you know, <laughs> cut another check so we can have another explosion. I was gonna say just blowing up stuff. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, unless you're unless you're that high up, I think money is always an issue. You can always use more money, but it's yeah. also not an excuse. So mm -hmm. you just have to be more creative. So hmm. kind of uh, piggybacking off of that, what would be your dream role, like as far as character or creature or whatever? You know, what's funny is I never really was like in it for acting. Mm -hmm. um, I started out as a podcaster. I had extreme social anxiety. Um, I had started getting involved in some groups on Facebook, um, like some really large groups that I became like admins, uh, an admin of. Mm -hmm. And I started realizing people listened to me. I was like, wow, that's freaking weird. <laughs> um, and so I, you know, I started a podcast. That was a huge step for me. I went on to like a YouTube channel and then I started doing like, um, well, I started writing for pop horror. So I got access to a lot of filmmakers and film festivals and that type of stuff. And being around these independent filmmakers, I was like, I think I could do that. You know, kind of got it in mm -hmm. my head. Well, then when you're around all these people, they're like, hey, you know, we're, we're filming something here. Come here. You're, you, you can be in this. And that's how it started. And then when one director does that, then, you know, all their cronies are like, oh, hey. Come <laughs> right? Someone yeah. that will be in movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I don't really, I've auditioned, I've auditioned for some stuff. 
I have, mm-hmm. but most of the time it's like somebody just going, Hey, I've got this, like this, do you want to be a demonic nun? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so I, I don't really have a dream role, but I will say that I like, I like playing outlandish, not me kind of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently did a movie for Mark Polonia called sister Krampus. And it was a, demonic nun with horns and you know white contacts and the whole thing and that's what I was supposed to do and I was like yeah well the girl who was supposed to play one of the lead sisters like the normal people she was like I always have to be the normal person can I be the nun And, and he's like would you be willing to be the normal girl? And I was like, oh, whoa, that is so out of my wheelhouse. Like I played just a normal person and it was so hard. (laughs) So I'd like to just stick with the crazy, you know, the crazy outlandish uh, things. And I always say too, I only make movies that I want to see. I mean, that makes sense because, you know, you want to be passionate about it. You want to have that love for the role. And it, it's it is hard to do if it's a movie you're like, well, I don't really care about. Not, that. Yeah, not interested in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, it I is mean, always God knows we're not getting paychecks for it, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not enough to, to like sell our souls. <laughs> oh, one hundred percent. You got to do it for the love. Mm-hmm. Well, to uh, relate to tonight's other topic, uh, have you ever wanted to? Uh, director produce a rape revenge or uh, kind of a movie. Yeah, and this this movie does technically fit the rape revenge. I think it it goes. Yeah. We'll talk about the movie later. It goes yeah. a lot deeper than that. But um, I've always really loved rape revenge movies, and people think that that's weird, and it's something that people feel like they have to explain. If you're a guy then you're weird or subverted or pervert or whatever. If you're a woman, there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was way too young, okay, so there were some adults who were not paying attention. I will just say that straight out. I'm not going <laughs> to name any names. But um, <laughs> so back in the dark ages, uh, before everybody had, you know, any movie that you wanted at your fingertips, uh, my aunt lived in the country and had one of those huge ass satellites had two VCRs and used to like illegally like tape movies, like rent a movie <laughs> tape it. Yeah. Like, so it was like the, it was like the modern or like the past version of like Netflix. Like she had this book that had like every one of her blank tapes had the, the names of the movies scribbled on them. And she had this like notebook <laughs> and it would be like tape one has Superman and, you know, stripes and, you know, whatever. And so uh, I went over there. I'll just, I'll name names. I went over there with my sisters, not much older. I was probably only five or six. And, uh, you know, they got to drink and everything. You know, we swam in her pool and then came inside to watch movie. And so the first movie that they picked, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with this. It's not horror. It's called the Kentucky Fried movie. Mm -hmm. It is from uh, Tucker Abrams, the same people who did Airplane before that. And it is incredibly, um, it's one of my favorite movies still, but it's incredibly raunchy. It's like sketch comedy that's just, you know, boobs and fart jokes. <laughs> so probably not, I probably shouldn't have watched it, but it did shape my comedic side. Um, and then the other one was I Spit on Your Grave. Yes. So, um, 
but I was so young. I was only like five or six. I didn't know what sex was. So I certainly mm. didn't know what rape was. I was, you know, I lived in a small town, um, you know, in the 80s, late 70s, early 80s, where every woman that I knew was kind of just like a, I don't know, she just was subservient to a guy. You know, the only women that I knew that had careers were my teachers. You know, everybody else was just a stay at home mom or whatever. And so, like, I watched this movie. And first of all, I mean, the woman's a writer. And she's mm -hmm. going to this house by herself to, like, write. And I was like, really? Like, I mean, it, it, it like, this is all in retrospect. But it was kind of like, wow, huh? So a girl can do that. Ah. Mm -hmm. You know, right. and then, and then I didn't, all I knew was these boys were mean to her. They hurt her. They humiliated her. And she did not go to mom. She didn't go to the cops. She didn't go to a teacher. She took care of shit herself. Mm -hmm. And that was my takeaway. And it's, it really has shaped kind of how I am with my life. And that's what I like about rape revenge movies is that in this one, promising young woman, I, I don't want to like blur the lines too much between like <laughs> this conversation and the movie. But um, the ones that I really like are the ones where the woman gets revenge for herself. So mm -hmm. when you watch a movie where someone gets killed and like a family member gets vengeance for them, I mean, it, it's cool, but it's kind of like, well, but that's not going to bring them back. Mm -hmm. Or even if somebody gets like beaten up and they're in the hospital, like in traction and stuff, somebody gets vengeance for them. It's still kind of whatever. But the thing with rape revenge is that the woman can get brutally assaulted, can be raped and, and hurt as long as she's not murdered. Um, she can relatively quickly come back and take care of shit on her own. Mm -hmm. And that's that turnaround, that kind of instant gratification, I think is what I really like about that. That whole, you know, like when they had, when you have a movie where somebody's like going through physical therapy for six months and there's a montage of them learning Taekwondo and stuff, it kind of cheapens it. But when it's like, <laughs> this girl's like for a week, she's just like, you know, nursing her wounds, you know, and then like, you know, making her own weapons and yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know it's just it's it that's why i love them yeah and i i would love to be able to do one um not necessarily um act in one but i would love to do, to write and direct one for sure yeah and i think piggybacking off that as well is they're very empowering for women especially mm -hmm. women who have been through certain situations yeah. um uh, you know who may have been assaulted or anything it's taking, you know, taking that power back yeah. for themselves and the the idea that it is possible, you know, yeah. and I will say, so I actually just watched I Spit on Your Grave last night because I knew we'd be talking about this topic today. I have never what seen it. What you're doing your homework. <laughs> yeah. so I, I had never seen it. Um, you know, I, I grew up in a very, very conservative missionary family you know, household. So it was, we don't talk about this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was just so, it was, it was a very powerful film, especially with the fact that there's no music in it. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the fact that it's, she, it's just very raw. And I remember sitting back from it and just going, wow, like this, the fact, first of all, it's crazy that that film is still relevant today. Mm -hmm. And that for the time frame that it was, 
that Camille King went through all of that freaking naked walking through the swamp essentially yeah. or the that river and it's just everything about that movie is so powerful and I think yeah. it's it's important to the horror community to the film community in general you know and it is crazy that it is still relevant I mean I hope one day it's yeah. not <laughs> That the last time I watched it, I did it for a podcast. So I watched it, and the first thing I said was when she's at the gas station and she's just talking to the guy that owns it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I said to my, the male that I was doing the the show with, I said, "Have you ever once like hesitated to talk to the owner of a business because they might do something bad to you?" Yeah, like that's still a thing, and you know, when mm -hmm. people think. People like to say, oh, women are bitches or whatever. But I mean, we have to watch everybody that we talk to. Yeah, 100%. Um, I, and online, I mean, I know some people don't believe it. But I mean, I can't tell you how many times, and I know you guys have gone through this too, how many times were you just being a nice human being to somebody mm -hmm. and you end up with a dick pic or, yeah. uh, you yeah. know, or somebody calling mm -hmm. you on messenger in the middle of the night thinking Correct. suddenly you guys are married or whatever yeah. it's really insane like how far like some people take things and how guarded yeah. we have to be um i was uh you know and my my boyfriend's very like protective of women and everything else last summer i think it was we were at a convention and um i was like i i was like here watch my drink i was gonna go to the bathroom or something you know we were all around friends and everything whatever i get back and he had left my drink there and I go, you know, when a woman asks you to watch your drink, it's not going, hey, hold my beer. Mm -hmm. And he goes, yeah, no, I didn't. I did not know that. And now I do. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, because you've never had to think about that. Mm -hmm. You know, like you've never had to wonder if somebody was going to slip something in your drink while you're in the john, you know? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's it's a, it's a weird world that we live in. So not to be too preachy, but. You know, I mean, it's truth, though. Yeah. yeah. And it is Every something day. we deal with. Yeah. Yep. Oh. I, um, so this movie, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I watched it twice. Uh, once was a long time ago. Uh, second time was today. And, and it just, uh, you know, it puts into perspective, you know, what women really want to do to men sometimes. <laughs> yes. You know, this movie, like I said, I said this movie goes deeper. Yes, it's, it is kind of rape revenge. It is, you know, her, her, her friend is, you know, assaulted at a party while she's drunk. And things spiral downhill from there. But I mean, it goes into so many other things that, so she tried to call out the people and nobody mm. believed her because mm -hmm. of her reputation, because of things she had done. That's yeah. something that men would never deal with. They would never look back and be like, well, you know what? We, we have like video of you drunk and kissing on somebody at a party. So you're mm -hmm. a slut. Guys wouldn't have that. Yeah, no. Um, the idea that the men, the boys, they're more important to salvage their lives. Like, why would we want to ruin his life? 
and not thinking about what happened to the girl and what mm -hmm. she has to live with. Totally something that we deal with in society. Well, the um, fact that that one case that happened where that essentially happened when, when I was watching the movie and, you know, she was having that conversation and they're like, well, what was I supposed to do? You know, ruin his life. Mm -hmm. I was like, that was something that was real that actually happened in a court case. Like it boggles my mind. Yeah. And if I had to hear one more adult in this movie say, but we were just kids. Yeah. I wanted to yeah. kill everyone. I'm sorry. <laughs> I probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> get banned off of YouTube. I wanted to beat up everybody who said that. Like, yes, yes, I get it. You know, and, and that's sometimes a valid excuse, but it's like, no not in this case and mm -hmm. i think the the one scene in this that really I, I think just drove everything home is when she goes to the dean you know what mm -hmm. and she's saying she wants to yeah. go back to medical school and everything else and then she's just like well i mean oh yeah your daughter yeah she's really gorgeous she's not not too many brains but i just dropped her off at the same room yep. that happened in Nina. Mm -hmm. like instantly yep. the dean is like Where's my daughter? And yeah. She's like, oh, it's a little different when it's someone you love, isn't it? Uh -huh. She's been so flippant, and it's it's like humanity is taken out of it. But why did she care so much about this boy who was in medical school, but didn't care about somebody about these women? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. The actual victim. Yeah. It it was sickening. That that scene was sickening to me. <laughs> it was sickening, but it's great when she goes when she just looks at her. She goes. She's gorgeous, but she didn't have much brains. She didn't put the girl in danger, but it's yeah. you know, she's playing her hand well. Um, <laughs> now, one thing that this is the second time I watched it. I watched it maybe a couple months ago um, for the first time and then watched it now. And at the beginning, when she first Adam Brody, it seems like he's a nice guy. That's supposed yeah. to be the whole thing. He seems like a nice guy who's just giving her a ride. And then, you know, he ends up not being. Um, but she has that book and she's writing down people's names and she's got the tick marks. Yeah. They're different colors. And I know mm -hmm. that, like, the assumption I made from the very get go, I was like, oh, some of the color. Like, so she just taught him a lesson. So he was like blue or whatever. Like, Oh, red, but she's killing those people. Do you guys think she killed anybody? Because watching it this time, I don't think she did. I think that I was. I don't think so. I think that the color was almost That's like amazing. how long it took them or or something, you know, to like learn their lesson. Well, and I think as well. I was be, that like, yeah, because I did think that at first. That's what I thought. Because yeah. I, didn't, yeah. I didn't really look up the movie when I, I just ordered it, got the Blu-ray in put it in and watched it. Yeah, I mean, when we had a conversation on Sunday and you're like, oh, I guess I need to get that Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah, I literally ordered it right yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Thank you, Amazon, for getting it in 24 hours. Um, but yeah, like, so at first, that's completely what I thought. But then, you know, when they kind of reveal that she's teaching them these lessons, but I think the different colors, too, can mean the, the different types of um, how far they would go. Yeah, like like when she talks about you know, well at least he woke her up instead of trying to you know, while she was passed out, like take advantage uh, of her. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like a severity level. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I feel like I didn't feel like, I, honestly, she's getting some sort of satisfaction out of teaching guys this lesson, but it's mm -hmm. not doing enough for her. 
but I don't think she ever would have gone as far as she went if Bo Burnham hadn't walked into that coffee shop. Yeah. Like if her if her past literally hadn't just walked in there and said, yeah, oh, yeah basically and that, sat in her lap. <laughs> yeah, like your mortal enemy. Oh yeah, he's marrying a supermodel. You know, like in a bachelor party. Like oh well, that's convenient because getting a little bored with this shtick that I'm doing right now. <laughs> yeah, and then and then the fact that she found out that he was actually involved. Oh, yeah, you know, brought it up a whole nother, a whole nother level. Mm -hmm. Like she was, you could, there was that point where she was starting to, you know, to not want to do anything. She had thrown, you know, the, the book in the trash and everything. And then she'd seen that video and it, it all went out the window. Yeah. And that's, that was, that was brilliant casting in my, in my opinion, Bo Burnham is like, He's like the, the guy you would want to go hang out with, mm -hmm. you know, like right. he just seems really cool and he played it totally like him, like he does yeah. stand up. And so, yeah, you're like, you're, you're falling for him. You're like, yeah, yeah. you mm -hmm. go girl, you deserve a decent guy. And, yeah. then, and then he pulls the, come on, we were just kids. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. no. <laughs> and that he, he like knowing that they were like, what makes it worse is he knew they were best friends. You yeah. know, even if it's something that he, you know, felt remorse for, he didn't show it by any means. He didn't talk yeah. to her about it. You know, he brought up you know, her friend's rapist, he brought up the situation. He yeah. mentioned his name, knowing full well of, of what happened. So, you know, and, and we didn't know that to begin with, but, you know, reflecting on that, he's just an asshole. Yeah. yeah well, like, between, between him and Alison Brie, I don't remember her character name. Like it shows how people can have selective amnesia as well. Mm -hmm. Like they all put this back in their head is like, that was just a wild Saturday night. They didn't put a correlation that Cassie and Nina had dropped out of school because of it, that Nina had mm -hmm. killed herself. They were, they were just like, oh, <laughs> that was a wild night. Oh, we were just yeah. kids. Okay, now now we're adults and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, it, it, it affected people. It affected people greatly. And you guys just brushed it off. And now you just you know, pretend like it never happened. I don't even know that it is that he, that he really probably even remembered and put everything yeah. together to yeah. saw the video. I mean, I'm not making excuses for him, but I think no. it was so inconsequential in his life. Yeah. That it was that just, he just like forgot about it until yeah. she, it was just another party. Yeah. Just, just another wild night at medical school. And like watching movies like this, it makes me wonder if like the person writing or, you know, directing or whatever thought about like the history of the character, you know, and it makes you wonder if they did it, you know, other times too. Like, I just, you know, I think about that character development and it's wild. Yeah. Was that like something that happened every weekend at this? Yeah. It yeah. Sounds like it. Um, because what the dean says, do you know how many of these accusations I get? Every yeah, week? yeah, that's what one to two weeks. Yep. <laughs> like I literally was sitting there going, "This is so freaking dumb. This is making me so angry." Because these are mm -hmm. conversations, you know, we hear people say these are things, you know, people have made excuses for. And yeah. I'm like, this is ridiculous. But 
I, th I did think it was interesting that we saw it, you know, we will see these situations, you know, you talked about other people getting revenge, but seeing the emotional toll it takes on Cassie, mm -hmm. seeing, you know, the fact that she's, she hasn't moved on from that night. She is no. reliving it over and over in her mind because she blames herself because she didn't go with her. She wasn't there. And I feel like that's very true to life for a lot of people, you know, who are best friends, mm -hmm. you know, with, with women who have been assaulted or anything like that. It's, you're always going to feel at fault for that. And yeah. she hadn't processed it. She didn't allow herself to process it instead chose to take it out in other manners, you know, when it, in reality, it wasn't her fault whatsoever. And she was bringing mm -hmm. other people down. Like yep. her parents yeah. and, and yeah. Nina's mom, you know, yeah. Nina's mom's even like, you're not doing yourself any favors. You're not doing yeah. anything for anybody. And Nina would yeah, want have to let it go. Yeah. You have to let it yeah. go. And, and that's why um, I feel like the end was very appropriate. Yes. Like, because yeah. I don't know that she could have, that she could have gone on. She would have, she never would have had closure. No. No. And this was the only way for her to get closure. And, you know, I mean, we don't get to see her go, hey, hey you know, but when, you know, when the texts start text coming come. through and the, you know, the police sirens like, mm -hmm. hey, you know, like she had thought it, she was like, I'm going to yeah. go and I'm going to die, but I'm going to set this motherfucker up and it is going to be glorious. Yeah. See, like yeah. I got, I got chills just thinking about that yeah. scene because even though she went out, like she, she went out. And, and you know, it, like she getting her, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I mean, she, it was she went. Yeah, she went there go thinking, I have to uh, like almost probably like I have to make him kill me. Yeah. It didn't take a whole lot, but like I know he's gonna kill me, so I'm just gonna basically I'm gonna frame him. I'm gonna set him up. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that she expected to leave. I mean, with the fact that she, yeah. you know, sent the information to the lawyer, which. Um, that whole lawyer scene, too, I think was pretty impactful because yeah. we constantly, you know, like he knew what he did. And in hearing someone break down and go, I came to this conclusion that I'm essentially a terrible freaking human being mm -hmm. and asking for forgiveness in that, you know, and she didn't have to forgive him. But she she did in that moment, understanding that he truly understood what he did yeah. right when she's been around everybody else who just starts making yeah. excuses we were just kids yeah. like he never once said i was just doing my job no, no. like he actually it it it, he was honest about it. He talked about the money you know he was like oh we got extra bonuses for this and for that and like he it said a lot you know to about him that he like knew that he did wrong and he was expecting, you know, retribution. Like yeah. she came in the door and he was ready. He was already yeah, ready. He knew. He knew. She was yeah. Coming. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. 100%. And, and it just, and it just goes to show too, that any of these other people, had they had any kind of real remorse, she would have shown mercy on any of them. Yeah. Um, I, I even Bill Burnham's character, I think yeah. if he would have talked yeah. about it. If he would have been like, oh my God, I just, you know, oh, Oh shit. Like he doesn't say anything. He doesn't say mm -hmm. that he's sorry or like, oh my God, I totally forgot about that. Or, you know, or like, yeah. Yeah. Like they're all just kind it's of kind of like a deadpan reaction. Yep. Uh -huh. 
He's just uh, like, oh, fuck, how am I going to get out of this? Yeah, because right. this is going to affect me and my life, and it's going to ruin me, and it's going to ruin these other people. But you've already ruined a life. You literally yep. indirectly killed somebody. Yep. Yep. But anyway, if you yes. haven't seen this movie, watch this movie. It's <laughs> yeah. really freaking good. If you like strong female leads, um, if you, uh, you know, want to feel justification for yeah. it, it's a very satisfying ending. Yeah. And Carrie Mulligan, by the way, I mean, we haven't even mentioned her, but she does a fabulous job. I just, I love her mannerisms. Oh, yeah. I love how fast oh, yeah. she can change. I love how she can drunk talk. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like this whole totally when she's hanging on the one guy and, and Brian I was, trying, I was, I was like, trying to do this because I had like a couple drinks, but like she did the thing. Like, I just need to put my shoes on or something, and I was trying to do it, and I was like a little buzzed, and I couldn't even do it, and I'm like, man, yeah. she's good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely check this movie out. I um definitely gives you a satisfying feeling. You want that control and definitely gives it to you. And it and it's a realistic approach to right. the, the situation. What she does is what it is more real than you know, just going off and killing people. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Which there's a, there's room for that too. Oh, a hundred percent. Not was, not discrediting any of that. Yeah, the movie Revenge was one of the most uh, oh, unbelievable, yeah. like you know, circumstances. But man, it rocked. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care. We watch all these movies where like you know people are hanging off of buildings with one hand, and we're yeah. I can believe that that girl didn't break her back when she fell off that. that yeah, clip. I can believe it. <laughs> Um, I think it's about time to end our show for tonight. Um, I believe so. Um, so for being our guest tonight. Yeah, Thank you for having me. It's, it's an absolute fun. pleasure having you on. I, I always like to talk <laughs> horror with my ladies. Yes. Um. Is there a link that we can post in um, in our page for people to come and, uh, you know, donate uh, to your uh, campaign if they'd like to? Yes. So we're on Indiegogo. It's Tin Roof. We're, if you search Tin Roof, we're the only ones that come up. Um, but it is igg.me slash at slash Tin Roof. Awesome. Cool. Yep. Um, and for those who have HBO Max, the movie Promising Young Woman is on there. Um, I'm not sure how much the movie was on Amazon. $14.95, I think is what yeah, it was. It's so it's, it's really that. affordable for Blu-ray. Yeah, it's still not um, streaming on demand for some reason, but you can mm -hmm. buy it on Amazon. You can buy the digital version for $14.99 for as well if you wanted to watch it instantly. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Rebecca. Thank you, <laughs> thank ladies. You. All right. And hopefully, I'll get to see you guys on set sometime this yes. year. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Most definitely. Right. All right, ladies. Have a great night. You too. You too. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
Can I get a coffee, please? You want milk? What? Cassandra? <laughs> yeah? Ryan. Cooper, we were in class together at Forest Med School. Second year neurology, Dr. Hadid's class. Oh. Yeah. Ryan, hi. God. Why are you working here? Or... I didn't mean... <laughs> That was rude. I didn't... You didn't mean, what am I doing working in a shitty coffee shop? Yeah, no, I just meant, you know, given... There's no getting out of this, is there? Nuh-uh. I'm gonna leave. Can I leave and then come back and I can do it, I can do it again and be better? You want milk? Pardon? In your coffee? No, but uh, you can spit in it if you want. I, I deserve that. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.